0: Well, you might remember a couple of weeks ago, we spoke to my colleague from uh, Triple M in the Goulburn Valley, Bill Bradley, who's been doing some fantastic work investigating the drought crisis and uh, his first, first video went viral. Well, he's put a second video out today, which we've just put up on our Facebook page, and he's going to join us each Thursday night on the program to give us an update on his investigation. And he's with us now. G'day, Bill.
1: G'day, Stephen. How
0: are you? Very well, mate. Now, a couple of things I want to talk to you about tonight. Of course, we saw this, um, I'm going to call it the second round of drought assistance announced by the federal government, but it's probably more like three or four. But uh, (laughs) look, on the face of it, it seems like a lot of money. But what are farmers telling you about whether or not it's any good to them, these interest-free loans, firstly?
1: Well, the the thing with interest-free loans, Stephen, is that they're not interest-free. Um, they're interest-free for a period of two years. Yep. Um, and then also what needs to be taken into consideration is it takes 11 months to get the money. So if you do the math, you, you're basically not going to get... You, you've got 13 months yep. um, to to get that uh, crop in, um, everything else that you need to make it work, um, and then you've got to start paying it back. Um, it adds more stress to a stressful situation. And a lot of the farmers that I've spoken to this week um, have said that they're overall not happy with the package, And that it's likely going to put them further in debt Um, because a lot of farmers do have a lot of debt. uh, Mm. But that's natural uh, because obviously with uh, equipment and, um, uh, you know, they've got to buy fodder. And so they can manage the debt um, because they know they're going to be able to, you know, once their crop comes through, they'll be able to pay it off. But with this money on the table, and again, no guarantees with, um, you know, this drought ending anytime soon. The concern is that they'll go further into debt, and that, and that's very worrying.
0: Well, one one cattle farmer said to me that the, the, the good part of it is that we could refinance our existing debt under these interest-free provisions for two years, and that's great. But it's only $2 million, yep. and there's yep. a lot of farmers that have got a lot more debt than that. But she said, it's going to take me eight years to rebuild my breeding stock, so I won't get back to full capacity for near enough to a decade. Two years does nothing for me.
1: Yep, and that's what a lot of the farmers around here are saying as well. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is too little, too late, um, a lot of farmers have been saying to me. Uh, again, it's all around water. Um, it's around allocations that have not been granted year on year, but still they're paying um, in the tens of thousands of dollars for these allocations. And then there's the wastage as well, Stephen. The wastage mm. of water, thanks to the MBDA plan, I mean, it's sickening and it was put in by, in 2007, by Peter Garrett, who was the um, uh, the agricultural minister at the time. Mm. And it's just been a disaster, mate. And any, anyone anyone on the farm will tell you the same thing.
0: See, there's a couple of issues I see with that. I mean, firstly, that Peter Garrett, the greenest agricultural minister we've ever had, oh, putting in, yeah. you know, that wouldn't sit well in the first place. But, but no. there's been a long time since then to fix it. But where I see, it, the, and I've got to take the federal government off the hook a little bit here, is that constitutionally, they're not allowed to actually step in, infringe on state's Right, so we've got to get state governments talking to each other.
1: Well, that's exactly right. State governments um, do play a huge part in this. And to some degree, like you said, um, they obviously have clicked into gear pretty quickly, again, under huge pressure from the public. Mm. Um, But I think another part of this as well, Stephen, is that they're talking about the re-release of water from South Australia. Yes. Now, this is all good, but the important point to know is all that water being re-released shouldn't have gone there in the first place. It should have gone direct to the farmers.
0: Mm yeah I, I mean it's the thing that struck me about that was okay great so we're putting a hundred gigalitres it was a hundred gigalitres or a hundred thousand gigalitres
1: I think it was, 100,
0: it was a hundred it was up around that yeah anyway so a lot of a fair a fair chunk of water we're buying it back from South Australia to put it back into the system in Victoria and New South Wales but mm-hmm. this was water that was going to be flushed out to sea I mean I, I just it's like setting fire to hundred dollar bills
1: <laughs> exactly right one farmer one farmer said to me it's like uh basically, basically similar to that. It, it, it's saying, oh, here's the solution to the problem. Um, oh, we took too long. Now it's gone. Um, so, you know, a lot of this water that, that, they're, um, that they're giving has been wastage water. Um, and again, it all comes down to the fact that this water, if it was managed properly in the first place, mm. it would have gone to the right places. And people like Meg and Neil Campbell, who have been in the dairy industry uh, up here uh, near Finley, uh in Victoria, uh, they're... They've sold all their livestock. Their farm is coming to a close um, and it's devastating. And he told me that, um, yep, all well and good for farmers that are getting by now, uh, that are going to be going into a bad situation. But for a lot of farmers like him, uh, and he says there's hundreds in the area, uh, it's too late. And anything that is uh, being offered here as part of this uh, release package is um, it's not going to help them in any way, shape or form. So he's uh, actually told me he's going to apply to get a job at Bunnings in town.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's frightening, isn't it, when you think about it? And yeah. and the dairy industry is a whole other layer of problems that have been around for years and years before the drought even hit. So I can yeah. imagine what this bloke, um you know, or I should say family, are going through because uh, yeah. it's not just um, one member. But um, I also want to talk we're talking about the stimulus package. I, I kind of get where the government thought they were going with this by pumping money into the towns to try and uh, pump up the economies in regional towns. But is building childcare centres really going to do anything?
1: Well, I don't think so at all, Stephen. I mean, it's all well and good to put money into the towns. And I actually had this conversation with my uh, program director here. I said, well, obviously there is a flow-on effect from the drought, um, which is that farmers and their families aren't spending money in town. Um, So that's that's a big problem. Uh, But putting money into the towns themselves, will that really do anything because there won't be any traffic um, Mm. to to, to use the services of the towns, you know, the supermarkets, the cafes, the, you know, the bars. Uh, because there's no, there's no money uh, for, the, for the consumers to use, really, because they're not making money off the farm. So, look, I think it's good to help the, um, the town folk um, in any sort of town. I mean, they're a pillar of the community, but I just don't know if they're going to have any customers
0: um, because they don't have any money. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I mean, and that's why it's putting the cart before the horse. And I made this comment when the, uh, the package was announced, is that mm. I kind of get... Scott Morrison, not understanding what's going on. He grew up in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, and the only time he sets foot on a farm is when his staff, you know, carefully manicure uh, a photo opportunity for him.
1: Of him throwing a bale of hay, sleeves rolled up, the Aaron Williams on. Exactly.
0: Where are the Nationals?
1: Well, um, you might have heard my interview with uh, Damien Drum, who is our member here in Nichols. Yes. It was a very fire interview. Um, I'd gotten so much information from the the farmers. His, His constituents... Uh, and, um, you know, I really went for him, Stephen, because I, I was personally affected. I've been affected by all of it. I'm mad and I'm upset for them. Mm. And he didn't have any answers for me. The C did a forum here in Shepparton uh, yesterday. So the C came to talk to farmers uh, about their thoughts on the Murray Darling Basin Plan. Well, uh, duh, you know they don't like it. Yeah. And I counted nine times that the assist, uh, the, um, the, uh, assistant CEO said, look, we can only advise government, we can't influence. And I said, well, hang on a second. The whole reason the farmers are in this room is because of the recommendations you made to the government. Yeah. And now you're saying that you can't give them any answers. And there was a lot of anger in that room. A lot of farmers walked out. It went for two and a half hours. They were walking out, shaking their head, going, this is a waste of time. I could mm. be selling my livestock, I heard one farmer say.
0: Yeah. It's, it's frightening. Mate, um, this, I want to go back to the water for a moment, this extra mm. water. Um, yep. uh, is it going to arrive in time for farmers to actually make any use of it?
1: No. Uh, farmers, uh, from what I've heard, and I um, know I'm only going from, from you know what they've told me, they won't be able to officially access the water till about April next year. Um, so you have to think that we're coming into summer, where it's going to even ramp up uh, in terms of uh, low rain on the horizon as well. Uh, so, all in all, mate, it won't do anything at all. Um, the situation will remain the same. It's not like they're opening the gates now saying, here, here, sorry, here, take the water. Um, it's going to be April. That's the,
0: the other thing we should point out, too, is that, you know, when when you look at politics, it's all sides of politics that are that are making a mess of this. Because you've got the Palaszczuk government in Queensland, they're releasing all that water out of that dam in Bundaberg. And the farmers are saying, yes, we're in drought, but we don't need the water until December. Uh, mm. But they're saying, no, no, well, we're going to let it out now. Um, mm. You've got water here that's not going to be available till April when it's too late to actually do anything with it. I, I mean, I, I just don't get this. And, uh, and then you've got the fringe dwellers out there trying to capitalise on it. Mate, what's the answer in your view? Well, I think
1: there's two things here. I think the only ones that are going to benefit um, what they always have are the commodity traders. Uh, they've always done very well out of this because um, they're not actually on the ground. They're sitting on laptops in Europe, um, in India, um, in America, and they're trading water, um, you know, on the backs of farmers that are paying for the infrastructure costs, as you and I have discussed. Mm. Um, so they're not they're not affected at all. They'll be able to continue to trade um, as they do in a merry way without any sort of extra um, uh, tariff uh, for for engaging in water traded in Australia. Um, the simple answer is that you know we need they need the water now, and it is very easy with a flick of a pen in Canberra, and this is what Chris Brooks and others have told me: a flick of a pen could get this water straight to the affected farmers right now. The water's in the channels, everything is there, the infrastructure, it is is all ready to go, but it seems that due to the NBDA and the squabbling in Canberra and the squabbling at the state level, is that nothing is getting signed off or done in the short term. And that is having the most dramatic effect on the farmers who are being forced to sell off their livestock and close the chapter on their family business in a lot of ways.
0: Mate, Bill, look, I take my hat off to you. You're doing some fantastic work there, but um, I I, I get the feeling that everything we're doing is falling on deaf ears. But, mate, uh, let's keep up the fight, and we'll catch up again next Thursday.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate your time, mate.
0: That's Bill Bradley from Triple M in the Goulburn Valley, 132710.